Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We have talked a lot about bullying uh, on this show over the years, especially in the last couple of weeks uh, with what has happened in a Hamilton area high school or close to a Hamilton area high school, I should say, and the loss of a life of a 14-year-old boy. And after this uh, happens, of course, lots of services uh, are engaged, go into effect, and, and we try to cope uh, with the student population in the community after uh, something like this has occurred. What do we do beforehand? How can we help prevent this and get ahead of the problem as opposed to reacting to it after the fact? And more importantly, we're always talking, we seem to talk a lot about the victims and what happens to them, and rightly so. But also, what about the bully in, in, in the aspect... As well, um, not only are they a victim in certain situations, but are they being identified as the bully? Are parents aware that their kid may be a bully? And what do you do if the bully is your kid? Let's bring in Laura Hensley, national online journalist, smart living with global news. She's working on a piece uh, in regard to all of this when it's your kid that is the bully. And Laura is with us now. Laura, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. No problem. Thanks for having me. We seem to be, uh, this seems to be an angle we don't address right away. It seems to be the victim that we're caring for, which is, is obviously something that should be done. But I guess if we could identify these scenarios ahead of time, we'd be, we'd be ahead of the game. Are parents willing to admit or, or, or step out and say that, hey, I think it might be my kid that's doing the bullying? Well, I think you're highlighting a really huge problem in, in that the fact that parents often don't know that their child is being a bully. You know, I spoke to several mental health experts and they've all said that parents are often in denial. They miss the warning signs. And when they are confronted with information that their child's bullying others, they don't believe it. So it's really challenging to address bullying behavior in kids when there's such a lack of awareness of what's going on on a parental level. On the other hand, Laura, if a parent was that in tune to what was going on with their kid, would they probably not be aware of that? Well, I think parents need to really look out for warning signs. So no one wants to think or believe that their child's capable of hurting others. I think parents often think their kids are the best, which is natural. But the reality is when children are bullied, it's other children who are doing it. So there is someone who is, you know, behind the bullying. And so parents should really be aware of what those warning signs may be. And some of these look like, you know, being aggressive in the home. Are they constantly fighting with their siblings in a really aggressive way? Do they have very, you know, upset reactions to things? Do they feel like the world's unfair? Are they using emotion in a dysregulated way? Not every single kid who bullies is going to display this type of behavior at home, but there are certain warning signs that parents can sort of look out for if they're a little concerned this could be happening. Is this not a reflection of actions at home? Therefore, parents probably not willing to engage if they don't expect there's a problem at home. Um, Are there many situations where everything's just absolutely great and yet the kid's a bully? Well, I mean, again, bullying bullies don't have necessarily a single profile that means all the kids that bully do or look like this. But if kids see bullying behavior or coercive behavior in the home, they might be inclined to mimic that. So if the parents are fighting or they engage in aggressive behavior, a kid picks up on that. If they're seeing things at 
school, they're seeing other older kids bully, they might pick up on that too. So parents really need to be mindful of what they're modeling in the home, but also talking to their kids. They're saying, you know, what is bullying? What does it look like? How is it harmful? What repercussions can it have on others? And start those conversations at a young age and have those conversations on a regular basis. Conversations around bullying can't be a one-off. They have to be things that happen all the time. Uh, we've often heard that uh, a bully is often bullied. Uh, mm-hmm. How does that fit into this conversation? Well, yeah, sometimes that is the case. Sometimes the person who becomes a perpetrator has been a victim themselves, and that's because they have felt unfair. They've been treated in a way that's been hurtful. They've been victimized. And in a way to sort of get retaliation, so to speak, they might engage in that type of behavior. So if you're a victim yourself and you feel like you've been taken advantage of, you might really try to enforce power or control over others. And that's what bullying really is. You know, all the experts I spoke to about this said bullying is when someone uses their force or their power and tries to influence or affect others negatively. So it's all about power control. And when your power has been taken away, you want to take it away from someone else too. So what are the signs that you, your kid might be a bully? What, what do you look for? Sure. So some signs, again, this is not to say that every kid who bullies has these signs, but some signs are, you know, their behavior at home. So are they really aggressive with kids their own age? Are they aggressive with their siblings? Are they really, you know, emotionally dysregulated? That's something to look out for. Another thing is, do you find things that they brought home that's not theirs? So in other words, do they have possessions that don't belong to them and they can't give you a logical explanation as to how they got them? That might indicate that they've been taking things from others or they've been bullying kids into giving them things. And you should also look out for what experts call asymmetrical relationships, which is when a child has friends that sort of seemingly give in to all their demands. So they might be the ringleader and kids just follow them. That's signs that a kid has perhaps, you know, a power imbalance with others, which can easily lead to bullying. Uh, does being a bully necessarily mean that you came from a, uh, a bad life situation or a bad home? Does it happen very often where people are just totally surprised that Junior could have done this? It really honestly can be both. I mean, some people say that there is, you know, home troubles that can cause children to bully. So again, if you're seeing something in the home that's destructive, you might act that out at school. You might be having a hard time and, you know, really engaging in inappropriate behavior because of that. But other times, you know, kids could just be bullies because they've seen it. They could be in a bad group of kids at school who engage in that type of behavior. They might be a victim of bullying themselves. Or, you know, in some instances, they could be, you know, larger or more grown up quicker than kids their age. And so to sort of adapt, they exert their power in a bullying way. So there's not really a one-size-fits-all, but those are some of the common factors that do contribute to a child becoming a bully. In this day and age, is it possible for someone to know, or someone not to know, that it's wrong? I mean, that's a great question. I think that, you know, children's brains obviously are not developed. So when you realize that you're engaging in harmful behavior, you should hopefully know that you have to stop that behavior. But I think kids, I think they know bullying is wrong on some level, but they really need to be reminded of the repercussions of bullying. So that's where parents and educators come in, you know, talk to kids about what bullying can lead to, you know, in severe tragic situations, death suicide. There's, you know, real repercussions of being bullied. So I think children need to understand that they're hurting others when they act like this. 
You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Many, especially with the situation here with with the death of the poor boy here in Hamilton, you know, immediately people start blaming, you know, it's the school, it's the parents, it's this, it's whatever. It's really a societal problem, isn't it? I mean, we can't just uh, pretend that we take our kids to school and everything's right. No, there's many pieces to the puzzle. You know, it has to be something that schools work toward solving, that parents in the home are talking about, and other kids, too. I mean, children, if they're seeing something, they have to feel comfortable enough to talk to someone about it. If they know that a peer is being bullied, do they have the resources to talk to an adult to say, hey, I'm concerned? Does that adult do something about it? It's all, you know, pieces to this puzzle. And unfortunately, I think it's really simple to blame the school or to blame a parent. But we all have responsibility in making sure children go to school and are safe. Uh, many, uh, you know, when we talked about the situation here, uh, this, the schools would say there's a zero tolerance policy. Um, you know, it's just something that we don't uh, we don't condone here. We don't allow and, and, and jump on it pretty quick. Uh, are we hiding behind terms that make us sound like we're protected, but really we're not? I mean, at the end of the day, this is about communication, not a zero tolerance policy. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's sort of what a lot of the research has shown is zero tolerance policy sounds good when you say it. But in practice, what does that look like? You know, if you have a, someone coming to a school who is an anti-bullying advocate and comes to the school once a year and gives a talk to students about bullying, that's probably not going to be enough to resonate with these students. They need to have ongoing conversations. So it's nice that schools have zero tolerance policies, and they should, but they also should have educational sessions where students can talk about what's going on, talk about the challenges they're facing, and have support and resources that are not just once or twice a year. They need to have them pretty much every day in the classroom. How do we empower the enablers? How do we empower the kids to say something? I I, I was shocked in and after the situation that happened here in Hamilton, uh, how much the kids reacted and and how they're, you know, the memorial and and just the coming together. And, and the first thing I thought of was, where was all this when when the child was struggling? How, how do we turn what has happened here into something positive and empower people to to understand that this isn't acceptable and no one's asking you to endanger your life? But you, you got to do something. You got to react somehow. That's a really great question. I wish I had a simple answer. I think that talking about things and the awareness is one part of it. I, you know, when children come together after, unfortunately, such a tragic situation, you know, like what happened recently, they they definitely see firsthand the effects of bullying. And unfortunately, you know, that's really traumatic. But that hopefully is a warning sign and a wake-up call to a lot of people that they can't stand around. I think it also comes down to children having conversations regularly. Like, you know, we talked about the zero-tolerance policy, but were these conversations happening in the classroom? Are parents having them with kids? I think kids need to really feel like they can express their emotions, feel like they can express their concerns in safe spaces. And a lot of the mental health experts I spoke to said that, you know, parents need to have conversations about kids in a way that they understand, right? So it's easy to say we don't believe this is bad, but why is it bad? How is it affecting them? I think kids really do listen and they're smarter and more aware than we sometimes give them credit for, but we have to be willing to listen to them as well. So you're a parent. What do you do if whether it's another parent or a teacher gives you the call and says, hey, uh, your kid's doing this, your kid's bullying. What do you do as a parent? How do you, how do you even start? Where do you start? Well, first, 
might be shocked. I think a lot of parents. I can imagine. Their bullies are shocked. Not my little angel. No way. No, my kid would never do that. So I think the first step is, you know, addressing your own emotion. So if you get a call from a principal who says your child has been bullying other people, your inclination might be to tell that principal they're wrong. There is no way. But before you assume that your kid's innocent, take a step back, process your emotion, say, okay, thank you. I will think of it. I'll call you back. Get yourself together first. Then work with the school. You know, all the experts say it's really important that parents work beside school, you know, teachers, principals, to make sure that the bullying is being addressed and they don't ignore the problem. So if there's a program at the school that really helps children deal with bullying, parents should be involved in that. You know, don't have a hands-off policy, work with the school. And thirdly, parents should talk to their kids about the behavior. You know, talk to their kid. Why are you engaging in this? What is happening? How can we support you? But try to come from a place of understanding and compassion because if you get really angry at a kid right away, they might shut down. They might not want to talk to you about what's going on. And if there is something deeper going on, they need to feel like they can talk to their parents. So having that open dialogue is very important. Uh, the situation and obviously the, the tragic fatality here in Hamilton, uh, how much of this is an opportunity? How much of this is a chance to, a tipping point, a chance to change the perception of and how we deal with these things? I think it's a terrible situation. And I think that you know, hopefully from this unfortunate situation, we'll have more resources in place because I think a lot of this comes down to where were the resources? Where was the help? Where was the support? And if anyone in the society and teachers and parents and the school can learn from this, it's supporting the students who are victims of bullying, but also having policies in place that actually work to target the bullies themselves. You know, if we can learn anything from this, I think it's going back and tracing the steps of how did this get so bad and how did it get so far? And I hope that that means that things will change and there'll be some honest maybe hard conversations but it would be terrible to think that this could ever happen again uh laura hensley's been with us national online journalist smart living global news uh laura is this out yet when can we see this It'll be out in the next hour or so this afternoon. Yeah. All right. Keep an eye on the Global News website for this. Laura Hensley, National Online Journalist, Smart Living Global News. Bullying, what to do if it's your kid that's the bully. Laura, thanks so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. It is 2.49. We're coming back. The Scott Thompson Show. Weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.